Alright, hello and welcome to the Ta La Podcast. I have a very special guest with me here today. He is live from the UK. I can see your face for the first time. Glad that you have finally joined me. Hi, Gian. How are you doing? I'm good. Finally, glad to be on here. I really like the fact that you're running a podcast. I think Thai League needs one, so thanks for having me on. No, no worries at all. So, of course, the coronavirus concern it is not just an epidemic in Asia now. It's going across the world. There's been issues mm. with it in Europe, in America, where I'm at, and all over the place. So it's impacted Thai League negatively. Some might say positively for those who are hurt, but. Yeah. You know, the Thai League won't be back in action until middle of April, so April 17th. Gian, what are your thoughts so far on the first four games of the Thai League season? I think it was really entertaining. We started really well. There was a decent quality through most of the games. And I think it's really sad that it got interrupted because we were in a good like momentum from the start. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so the first four games so far, really, you know, there's a lot of teams this season with... A lot of expectations going into the 2020 calendar year. Who's been most impressive for you? Most impressive has to be Bangkok United. The way they've picked up the points so uh, consistently and even after getting setbacks. So to win against Mung Tong, Prakan and Chiang Rai back-to-back is really impressive. And in all those games, they conceded a goal. And like last year, if they conceded a goal, they would just collapse. But then in each of those games, they fought back and got all three points. And... Yeah, we expect them to be near the top, but the way they've gotten near the top is really impressive. I mean, Bangkok United, for me, is it's got to be up there as well. You know, this year, they had a, a big campaign, the Make It True campaign. The president really mm-hmm. ra- rallying the troops and saying, hey, this could be our year to finally win a trophy. You know, ever since they came back to the Thai League in 2013, they haven't won a major trophy yet, and they're still looking for one. And this season, really, four out of four, perfect start. Usually, True Bangkok... I, I, I'm starting to see a trend with them. You know, they start off the season decent, then they go in that mid, mid-term, mid-season spell where they just win a bunch of games and give you hopes that, hey, maybe this is their year, this is the time mm-hmm. that they'll win the yeah, league. Yeah. And then they collapse in the end, whether it's going out early in the League Cup, losing in the late rounds mm-hmm. of the FA Cup, or in the past, you know, previous years, drawing away the teams they should have beat and dropping points at home, making them just shy of the first place that they always wanted to be. But this year, really, I think they have a loaded squad. You, you see from goalkeeper all the way up to the midfield. Let's talk about their attack later. But, you know, goalkeeper, yeah. Paul Gescar, one of the best keepers in the league. You see the defense, Manuel mm-hmm. Tombier next to Everton. Everton finally got that goal he wanted. And on the wingback spots, mm-hmm. they have a lot of rotation players. On the left, they got Pirapat. They got Wanchai on the right. You know, Tristan Doe could do a job there. Putinan can also be shifted there. Midfield. Anthony, their captain, lots of questions whether he is their best player. But hey, you got Hoso Guy there this year who can help him out. And just a loaded squad. And going up front, I know that you know Nelson Bonilla, he is a really fantastic goal-scoring record. He was earlier on in Sukhothai, he was you know, banging goals. Last season, he got 16 goals in just 20 games. And this year, unfortunately, they had to sign Brenner in. Still questions there if he can be that replacement they were looking for. But I think overall... There's not really a big negative stain that you could put on True Bangkok this year. The big thing is that they kept most of the squad from last season. Uh, when I when I talked to Mano, I think back in like January, he said that the big the best investment they made was keeping the squad together, and he said that so Ching Rai from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen basically had the same squad, same foreigners and everything. So that allowed them to win to go forward and win the title. 
um, because it's a consistency over the season. And then same thing with BU. The only problem was that was Nelson Bonilla left. But I think from what I've seen of Brenner, which is maybe like, I don't know, half an hour in total with him, <laughs> that's with Brakan and something about that. But he, whenever he comes on, and then, and then the, of course, second half against um, Chiang Rai. But those two games in the short time he was on as a substitute made such a, you know, such a big difference because he's got that same... I think Manor really did his scouting really well. He's got the same like instinct as Bonilla to like drop into spaces, pick up the ball, and like beat players on the dribble. He's not like um, uh, a, a, most strikers in the league who tend to be like I don't know lazy strikers and yeah. they like go up and sit and wait for the ball to come to them. He's always looking for the ball, looking to get into channels. And Thai defenders are not used to dealing with such mobile strikers. And I think he's gonna be just as good as Bonilla this season. But the big difference, though, is also guy. Like for sure, what what a difference he's made in the middle. All right, we talked about True Bangkok, another team, another team that's going absolutely under radar. Everybody did not expect them to be off to a flying start. Ratchaburi Midpoint. What are your thoughts on them so far? I'm a bit embarrassed because I said they're going to struggle and be in the bottom <laughs> half, you know, before the season started. I said there are too many attackers there. There are too many pe- people who want to be the main focal point of the team. And there's no, there's not much in defense, and there's not much in midfield. It's all an attack-heavy squad. But hey, it's worked, right? If you win games four three, you win games four three. You know, just however many they score, you score more. Uh, but also, they've been very organized. Um, they've they've been a lot more compact than you think you thought they would be, and they have so many difference makers in the team. Right? The, the whole team is difference makers. You know, you've got Jakapan uh, Bonsai, you've got uh, Longil, you've got. Lasemi Karabue, they're all like difference makers and any one of them probably could like walk into any other Thai league starting 11 and they're all in one team so yeah of course it's going to be lethal yeah for sure I think the the key part that links these two teams True Bangkok and Ratchaburi really well they kept the core foreign players mm-hmm. from last season you know yeah. you look yeah. at Ratchaburi you got Yannick Boli up top goals for him for sure you got Patinho who can come off the bench he's a proven talent played at Buriram you know for yeah. two three years before Longjo on the left, always cutting inside, great delivery. You got Jakapan, who completely turned into a new player since yeah. arriving at Rachaburi. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Karabue in, in this uh, cam role, you know, center attacking mid. He's always looking for a through pass, can shoot from range as well. So you got a plethora of attacking options for Rachaburi. Defensively, I know that there are two center backs still in, uh, still questions on them, whether Pawi and you know, Yo Song Hae can take time and develop a, a true partnership so that Rajburi mm-hmm. don't concede lots of goals. Yeah, it was very lucky yeah. for them to get all three points against Buriram. I thought it was going to be a draw. I thought the fair result in that one was going to be a draw. However, yeah, it finished maybe, yeah. in favor of the home side. The next game, they struggled to find any chances and convert against Nakhon Rajsima, and in the end. Patino comes yeah. up again, so maybe a little bit of luck mixed with talent gets you where Rachaburi is. And a little stat I'd like to throw at you. So Rachaburi got promoted to the Thai League in 2013. This is their yeah. eighth season, so 2020. Before this, this is where they finished. 15th, 4th, 7th, 6th, 6th, 12th, 8th. So there's yeah. not much of a pattern. It's, it's down, it's middle, or it's up. And yeah. this season, if they can keep this pace going, where do you see them finishing? Well, I think that, that the, the average is probably around 6th or 7th from Rajpuri, right? You have the up, the, the one up 
uh, fourth, which was the season they had Heberti up yeah. top and they had Ricardo Rodriguez as their manager. So they're, you know, that that's the one abnormality that's above everything else. But I think they have something like, I don't know, eight coaches in three years, something like that. Something like ridiculous, ridiculous like that. Ridiculous amount of coaches. And we still don't know really who is, like, calling the shots there. Like, I remember they appointed, um, I think his name was Manolo Marquez uh, at the beginning of last year. And then he left. And then the assistant coach of him was on the touchline. But the sporting director gave the press conferences. <laughs> so it's like, I, we, we don't know what's happening there uh, behind the scenes. But for some reason, it, it tends to go wrong. But this time it's going right. Because I guess that... The, the playing squad being together is overriding that. Yeah, and, and last season, they started horribly. Last season, first four games mm-hmm. for them, it was one win and three losses. And this Ooh. this year has been perfect so far. And maybe three games out of the four were at home, so that could have helped maybe. But, mm-hmm. you know, still lots of questions to whether they can be consistent. But, hey, we love to see an underdog get hot to start the season yeah. with. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we talked a bit now about teams that have been most impressive for you and me. Mm-hmm. Now, let's move on to the disappointing teams. Who stands out for yeah. you? Well, uh, it's it's tough to say uh, Meng Tong because it's been, a, it's been a rough start, first of all, in terms of the fixtures. And it's been a lot of young players playing consistently. And given those circumstances, you can say that it's acceptable that we're Meng Tong, the, the teams they've lost to, you know, you expect them to lose... Uh, to a team like BU when they have a young squad like that. But it's a bit disappointing because even after the selling of Heberti and Shapui and Tiresin, there was a sense that... that um, Well, I, I got the sense, at least, that Gamma has a plan to turn it around and have a good start and surprise everybody. So I was sort of banking on uh, Meng Tong starting well and surprising everyone. Uh, and it hasn't happened. It hasn't been completely awful, but the the amount of, like... Uh, just the, the the slowness of the play, like how long it took him to score against Rayong, was pretty disappointing. That was um, an awful game. How, yeah, that was an awful game. How long it took him to score? How long it took him to create chances? I wish there was more like expressiveness. I think that they're still missing a couple of very important players. They're missing uh, William Pop, who they signed um, from the Brazilian league, who's not been back, and they're missing uh, Patrapon, uh, this midf- defensive midfielder. And I think that that's those two misses are very big. And when they come back, it should improve the team overall. But I just wish that not so much the results, but I wish the performances were more like expressive and more, more convincing. But again, the thing with Gamma is that it's not about playing the best. It's about you know sensing the right moment in the game to strike, and that's what they did against Chonburi. You know they 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 set up in a certain way. Uh, Mung Tong are good. Gamma's teams are good because they can play like four or five different formations and just change depending on what the situation needs, and then they strike at the right minute and then see out the rest of the game. So. Is that going to work with the players they have? Do they have enough up front? We'll have to see. But if it, if it ends up, if they have enough firepower to actually score goals and then defend their way through games, they can still come back and be a force, yeah. Yeah, I think you make a great point. I think Meng Tong this year is probably entering the redevelopment phase of their, yeah. their club. You know, you look back to 2016, they had the dream team, mm-hmm. China Tip, yeah. Tana Boon, Tiersen, mm-hmm. uh, just loaded, just loaded with talents. Yeah, yeah. This year, it's it's been opposite because 2017, some of the talents died off. 2018, most of them went to Japan. Most of the key players, Tiratar, left. Uh, 2019, last season was was almost like the first leg was it's hor it was horrible. It was horrible football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were what dead last at some point. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. and and this year, mm-hmm. it's I think a lot of Mung Tong fans will have to be patient with the results that they're getting and the performance on the pitch because it is probably one of, if not the youngest side in the Thai league. You have lots of unproven talents in your side. I know that they still have you know Sarach in the midfield and Watana who's been there for a while now. But other than that, mm-hmm. it's a bunch of young guns looking to make a name for themselves. And I think Mung Tong this season, I know that they've bought in some foreign players to gel in with the younger players. But Gamma really has a lot of, I thought of, I think the word would be a lot of freeness to almost try things and see if it goes well or not. Because there's not a lot of pressure for Mung Tong anymore, really, from if you're just looking at it from the player's point of view, because you yeah. don't have the, the, the squad depth that can go and challenge for the league, maybe a top five at best. So maybe it's just a sign of, yeah, this year we'll take it as a redevelopment phase and let's go again next year. Uh, two, two things on that. Like, firstly, I, I know Gamma is not expected to win because of the squad he has, but I know he wants to win. You know, he wants to win every league title that he's in. And I think he's he's probably been disappointed by how much the team, the squad let go of, right? I know he wasn't happy to lose Haverty. I think he expected a stronger squad. And he knew that when he came in, like, okay, the big part of his job is to bring up young players because um, they, they appointed him a lot because he was the U23 manager for Thailand. He knew a lot of these young guys. He had a record of bringing through young guys. He did a, brought through a lot of young players in Chiang Rai. But I think he expected a stronger squad than he has. And he expected a squad that can challenge for the league. And... This team, I still think, I predicted them fourth ahead of the start of the season. I still stand by that. I think fourth is still doable. And I think given who Gamma is, a cup is always doable because of how, you know, that's what he does. You know, two FA Cups with Chiang Rai, League Cup with Chiang Rai. A cup is always doable if you have Gamma as your coach. And the second point is that I think it's a lot easier to sell your fan base on a rebuilding season if you didn't have really awful seasons really awful rebuilding seasons like for the past two years because after you lost uh, touch the one it was like okay new direction for the club but the fact that it took you two years to decide on which direction to go in and the, the direction you choose is young player promoting you've kind of you've messed up on two fronts because you've already let a bunch of young players go right you've let a bunch of players a bunch of players slip through the cracks and then you're also you've wasted two years and now you're starting the rebuild you should have done like a year ago it's a bit disappointing Right, if they'd made an appointment back in twenty, beginning of twenty nineteen, that was about all about promoting young players, then it would have been fine. But twenty nineteen, they go out again. They spend a bunch of money, again it fails for them, and then they're really you know now we have to cut back. But you've already wasted a year. It's it's a hard sell. I think that that they'd be a lot more patient if, if the club hadn't been doing it already for a year. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I think, you know, I agree with what you're saying because. In order for a club to really sell the direction that they're headed towards to their fans, it should be clear early on. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't take them this long to finally decide. You know, let's go with youth. Let's try to redevelop. Let's try to build a future of just young talents. Because if 2019, if that was their vision in 2020, why didn't they, you know, just let go of some of their star players and start redeveloping there? Why did it take all this time to finally mm-hmm, decide? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey. Let's be patient and let's start with the, a new generation of players, a new generation of academy players especially. And we'll see where Mung Tong ends up this year, yeah. You know, they're super, you know, to draw a comparison, it's a lot like what Chelsea are doing right now. You know, that, that Chelsea are suddenly waking up to like, okay, in the last few years, we lost Salah, we lost De Bruyne, 
we lost uh who else did they lose? Young player who they didn't make the most Lukaku. of. Lukaku, when yeah. he was there. Lukaku. They lost a lot of players like that, and then suddenly they woke up. And like, okay, now we don't. Ha- we no longer have Abramovich's money as much as we did before. Uh, and we have all this talent here. We should make the most of it. I think Bologna is in a very similar position. Right? They lost Tsitsipan. They lost Siwakon. Uh, Chayawat. All to Chengrai. Yep. Um, they, they lost a bunch of players to Smutprakan City, like Piradon and so on. So I think that now they're waking up and realizing, okay, we could have had a really talented squad. Let's not let the next generation of young players slip through as well. But the difference is it's happening more quickly than Chelsea's one did, right? Because Chelsea still had big, big name players, and then you phase in slowly until you get to this point with Lampard. Yeah. But with Mengtong, it's overnight. Like, okay, now we're gonna sell Hebertie, sell Tirasin, and play young players. Like, if you maybe plan like a like a slower uh, transition, so you can maintain performance while bringing in young players and it wasn't as abrupt and it wasn't like here's seven starting 11 guys who are from the academy maybe it would have been more effective but i still think it can it can turn around and come pretty okay yeah by the end of a, the season. a club and the with the history with the size of Tong, i don't think yeah. it's time for them to be spiraling down just yet anyhow yeah. we'll shift to another team that has been the talk of the town really one win in the first four games so far which is, you don't see that often. Yeah. We're um, United. Now, Jian, both of us, both of us have them finishing first and winning their eighth league title this year. Yeah. Are we, especially are you, regretting this? I probably am, yeah. And I think I put up a stat on Twitter that this was their worst start since 2014. But coincidentally, in 2014, they actually came back and won the title. So... Maybe it's not all doom and gloom for them just yet, but in that season they actually they change managers like two times. They have three different managers, and they end up having Gamma at the end of the year, and he ended up winning the league. It won't be that easy for them because I think there's so much missing from their squad. Like I, I think they needed to have signed a creative midfielder because they they were really missing that last season. Um, uh, Newin, the Buriram owner, was like, "Hustle guy isn't doing it for us. We're gonna sell him." which is an insane decision because they're still paying half his wages because he's on loan at BU. And they're still paying half his wages and he's making the difference for them. Uh, and they needed to sign a creative player. And then they signed uh, Jung Jae-young from Korea. And so I, I um, looked up on him and asked people who watched the K-League about him. And the first thing I heard was, he's a really hardworking player and he's really good physically, but he doesn't have a good passing range. He's not very creative. Yeah. Like, that's the exact opposite of what they need. And I've been like looking around, why did you think this guy was the right player for you? You already have Ratanakon in there, and you insist on playing him because he's a, he's a Buriram boy, you know, born in Buriram. You insist on playing him. I think that the way they're positioning him to be a future captain, right? He got, he got the number eight. He, he's he's like, a next to Chow. He's they a want club to next play. to Chow. Yeah, yeah. And I think they want him to be like a captain, one club man kind of guy. But if you're going to play him, and that's a given... Play someone next to him who's going to do the work that he can't do, right? Because he's a good player, but he's not going to become a, like a like a Fabregas overnight, you know? He doesn't have that passing range. He doesn't have that ability to play it's on the ball, It's almost like right? playing he, two he identical defend. players together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think, you know, Tactic Times all put up on Twitter, right? The only thing Jung Jae-young does better than Ratanakon is speak Korean. <laughs> Which is like the biggest, like best roast I've ever seen. And it's it's true. Like he doesn't do anything that impressive. He just like he can tackle, he can run. What's an account can tackle and run? And last season they had uh the Vietnamese midfielder, I forgot his name. 
I, I, I know his name. I, I don't want to try pronouncing Luan it. Luan Chintrong, right? Luan? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I can't pronounce that name. But he he was so much better because he, he was all about going forward. He was all about getting on the ball and pushing it forward. I think that there was that game against Beijing uh, at home. I was watching that game where he, they couldn't score. They bring him on and within a few minutes he got, got an assist already because he's always like forward-minded. If they got a player like that from Japan or Korea who's even better than that, they would be have they have no issues right now. But they've got just the wrong players in the team. And last season, uh, Super Choke, like, carried them. Like, I can't stress how much he actually carried them. <laughs> and as as good as he is, like, I mean, sure, it was Boyram's worst season, but given that, like, it was a 21-year-old player carrying them, like, that he is incredible. He is too good for the Thai League. He needs to go play in the J League. I think he's genuinely, like, too good to be in the Thai League. And he's being given too much responsibility of carrying a whole team on his back, and it's bad for him. It's like literally bad for his health to put <laughs> this much pressure on him. And I think they needed to sign somebody who was creative next to him, right? So maybe bring back Osvaldo. That was rumored. He's still represented by FPS, who are big agents in Thailand. Um, so if I was Brewer, I would have gone for Osvaldo to take the pressure of Super Choke. And I would have gone for like, like I would have gone for someone like Duboya, right? Some just like massive guys to stand in the box and like knock people over. But instead, they've got this Ricardo Bueno who's trying to be Diogo and he's just not working. And then they've got Bernardo Cuesta who's trying to be noticed and he's not being noticed because he can't. He hasn't done anything significant because he doesn't have anyone supporting him. And it's like, what were you trying to do with these players? Like, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a 19 year old kid in college and I can see that this system isn't working out. <laughs> Bantovic is a, is a scout with like so many years of experience. He's a scout for Olympiacos. He definitely knows he's got the wrong team. He knows it. I know for a fact that he knows he doesn't have the right players. Why doesn't he go get the right ones? I, I, it's beyond me. It, it genuinely is beyond me. Yeah, bu- I, building, off, building off your point, I think the problem with Buiram, or the, the recent problem that I've been seeing a trend is the, the, the poor recruitment. We see on their mm-hmm. bench, who on their bench can come on and yes. basically change the game. You know, you have the strong starting 11. You have Tunyes and Pansa as your main center backs undoubtedly the best combination i think on paper right now you have saslak and narabadin on the wing backs you know both represented for the thai national team before saslak's probably hitting his peak pretty soon narabadin you know maybe he's not going to be the number one right back choice anymore for the mm-hmm. national team in midfield like you said ratanagon and jangjong two really identical players who just yeah. knock the ball around side to side go hard in on a tackle can probably run throughout the game but creativity yeah. not their strong points you go to the midfield you have bueno and cuesta two players really looking to make an impact but hey they're they've been scoring tap in so far they haven't been doing much more than that um super choke and super not super not you talk about super not hey sorry you talk about super choke and you said he's been carrying the team. What about Supernat? That boy's 17 and he's yes. been playing in the what U19, U23, the dude. first team, the Cold Cup. Like this guy's gonna get tired at some point. I know, dude. Like, I, I for all the criticism of Buriram, the one thing they do super well is youth development, right? That's like the, their like their thing. I don't know like how they're able to find these kind of players, but they 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 find players from all over the country and they bring them up and they do super well. And I think that a big part of that is the owner. I think Nguyen is very good at bringing through young players making them feel confident he calls them his kids like he just calls them like 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 my my, my kid and that he, he's he's built a good family environment and i yeah, i know that sure. i've heard that he goes and like 
watches all the youth teams play and he makes every single person in the academy feel like there's a chance to go to the first team so they work harder and they get good results but at the same time like can like a doctor just come in and tell Supunat to rest (laughs) like I like I can't I can't imagine like how you can play that much football and like function as a human being yeah, both both of the brothers both the older and the younger yes. they are being overplayed they haven't rested since the start of of uh 2019 right because they played the whole 2019 season then they played supernaut played the u19s as well and uh-huh. then they both played the c games and then they both played for the national team and then they both played in the afc u23 and now they're straight back into the league with no break like the week after they got knocked out of the AFC U23, they got straight back into the Champions League with no break. Like, how how do they do that? How are they allowed to do that? Is there no, like, labor laws that come in into effect here and be like, yo, rest? I don't know how this works. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I just yeah. think it's it's going to be a big issue for Buiram going forward. Definitely this mm-hmm. season coming in, I think everybody expected them to bounce back after what happened last year and the all the drama that happened the very last day, the very last match of mm-hmm. that game away at Chiang Mai. But since then, it's it's been a interesting story for them over summer. They couldn't really cover the cracks that they created. So, mm-hmm. yeah, let's see where they end up when the season ends. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they'd have a bigger transfer window. I thought they'd have, like, a bigger sort of, like, big-name signings that come hit the gun running. Because, like, they don't react well to losing, right? Like, last time they lost the league title, they came in all guns blazing and won it the next season. So I think that I, I was expecting, like, some insane signings. And we got... I think there's still more to see from Cuesta. I think he could end up becoming a good striker. But Bueno, I don't know what he's trying to play at. I think it'd be better if he was just, they just signed a pure target man. And yeah. if they signed... It, I. I expected more from the signings, basically, and and we should have known now because for the past ever since Diogo left, they have not made a good foreign signing. They've yeah, not made a single good foreign signing uh, since Diogo left. Yeah, you yeah. you mentioned Diogo. I remember I sent out a tweet like two three weeks ago, uh, listing the top goal scorers yeah. in the Thai league, and I I was doing a top five at first, and then you yeah. reminded me, you know, one oh one in one oh five games. Yeah, yeah, Diogo is. You can't replace that. You just can't replace that stat. It's incredible. 96% insane. Yes, He's 90, probably killing it. In, in any GDC. single game of you watch a Buriram, there is a 96% chance Diogo will score in it. That's like, mind-blowing. What? what? <laughs> like, is he even human? Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> He's a machine. Like, He's a machine. He's, He's a top uh-huh. top division in Europe level <laughs> player. And exactly. if it wasn't he's, for his injuries, if it wasn't for his injuries, he'd be able to play in the top league in Europe. But because he got injured, we got to have him and it was a treat. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's killing it in JDT as well. He's killing it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So we've talked now about the most impressive teams, the most disappointing teams. Let's do and let's actually wrap this podcast up with the biggest surprise packages or package this year. Who's been the team that has surprised you so far, Jian? I mean, other than Ratbury, uh, I, I guess uh, Supanbury would be, a, would be an interesting one. Other than that, no one's really been that big of a surprise. But there have been more surprises in the negative direction, if I can include those. <laughs> like, Prachua has been a surprise in the negative direction. And I think, yeah, that's as Sukothai is a little bit, we thought I'd get more from them. They haven't been as, the front three has hit the ground running the way we thought they would. So they're almost like a, like a 
we expected them to surprise us, and then they just were normal, and we're like, oh, why didn't you surprise us? How sad that is. And then, yeah, Pachupa in the negative direction, I think, has been the big surprise. And Supanburi, I thought they'd come near the bottom, and the fact that they're doing pretty okay has been, yeah, it's been pretty good. And, yeah. oh, of course, Taro, how can I forget? Yeah, Taro, what a, <laughs> what a start from Taro. That, that, that's, that, they've been incredible so far. The, um, the, two, the two brothers in defense have come back from the AFC U23, and they've, they've hit the ground running really well. And their their whole team operates very sort of compact and and, and disciplined because they've had the same coach yeah. for so many years now, right? So Rangsan was there in twenty eighteen for half the season, and then he was the coach last year, and now he's back again. So he's one of the longer serving coaches uh, in the Thai league because of we don't see that often. Yeah. we don't see those often. Yeah, mostly when you get relegated, you just like throw everything out of the you know and start all over again. But Tero had the sense to like actually let's not change that much because. We were probably too good to get relegated anyways. We made a couple of mistakes, so we're going down. Let's try and keep everything as much the same as possible. And they started slowly, but the second half of, of last season, then they, they really they kicked off. And if they'd spent the, second, the first half the same way they did the second half, they would have been as good as BG. I think they, like, they beat Rayong 7-0 in the last day, which BG did at the beginning of the season. So it's like, and Rayong came third, remember? Rayong came third in T2. Yeah, Rayong came third, yeah. And one of the first games of the season, BG beat Rayong like 7-2 or something. And then Tero also got a ma- massive win over Rayong at the end. So those two, I think, are the same quality. But just one had a better start than the other. And that's why they got uh, a big gap in the points. But overall, yeah. those two are the strongest t- two teams to ever play in T2. So it's good to see them playing well with a young squad. Yeah, yeah. for, for me, I, I like to look at biggest surprise in terms of positivity so yeah. <laughs> for me it's got to be Supanburi because yeah. I think beginning of the season if I was honest I picked them as finishing dead last I don't yeah. think they had any life left you know they had they peaked really fast Supanburi entered Thai League 2014 when they were newly promoted they finished fourth I think that year mm-hmm. and since then it's just been an, a downward spiral it's just almost like falling off a cliff because once they peaked I felt like they let go of most of their talents Foreign players haven't really proven themselves yet at the club. I think they signed what Carmelo. They signed yeah. Uh, they had Boscovich Silva. for a while. They had Shapui for a while. Yeah, yeah. none of them really peaked there. Yeah. And I felt Supanburi. You just look at their home games. When they first came in the Thai league, it was packed. It was a, a raucous atmosphere. Since then, it's it's looked dead and buried for them. So this season with Coach Adebayo, seven points from possible nine in the first uh, in the second. Uh, Second, third, and fourth games. They dropped the first game, but since then it's been two wins and one draw. And I don't think a lot of people expected them to get anything away at Chiang Rai, which they played well. They led 2 0. They should have held on for a 2 1 win. Yeah. And it's a very young side. You, you have going forward, we have Felipe, Eliandro, and the young Casidet on, on the right side. In midfield, you have Suvaimi, the, the ASEAN quota. You have Ryotaro Karube from Japan. And defensively, you have Supan Tongsong and Wasan, who's been there for a while now. Mm-hmm. So I think they have a team that could gel in well together. Hopefully, this isn't you know, just a, a fluke for them. Hopefully, they can carry on this momentum. But nobody expected them to earn this many points early on in the season, I think. And, you know, will, will consistency be an issue? I think it'll be an issue for them because we've seen throughout the year, Supanburi's been closer towards the relegation zone than the top four or top five yeah and 
it doesn't seem like the owners really care much about the football side of thing. I think there's a lot of politics involved in that yes, province, yes, especially. Yes. So, I think what they've achieved so far in the first four games, it's it's a you you deserve a clap for me. Yeah. Yeah. So on Supan Buri, I think the first thing is I think Supan Tong Song has to get straight back into the national team. Like he's been really good. I think he'd be really good in Nishino's team to just like add some more like pure. Uh, strength and pure defensive ability next to Manuel, who's a more like better on the ball. That could be a very good partnership. I hope Nishino tries that out. Uh, and the thing about Supanburi is that I really wish that they had become a successful team because Supanburi always get big attendances. In, in the past, even when they were struggling, they'd get big attendances. It's a province that seems to care a lot about sports, a lot about football, and it would have been really successful if they'd kept it going. But yet, yeah, the owner... Uh, the owner, uh, Kunwara, has not been able to put as much time into it since uh, he entered politics, from what I understand. Um, yeah. yeah, and that's taken. That's been a massive like downslide for them. And I think they always try to get uh, managers who will play more attacking football. It always fails, and they always go back to Adebayo again, and they say, hey, come and play a defensive game again. Because right? they signed Tosh the one to play attacking football, and it just collapsed horribly. They fell into the relegation zone, they're like, Adebayo come save us and he just about saved them so let's see if he, if he gets the whole season where is he going to finish I still think that they're that he's sort of like a like a survival specialist kind of guy right he's like okay I'll, we'll defend we'll survive I don't know how that translates to actually <laughs> like going forward it's almost playing. like uh, it's almost like Suko uh, Tai and, and Coach yes Day. yes you, you, uh, he's, he's the Sam Allardyce of Thai football isn't he and then he gets <laughs> yes. yeah actually that's spot on like 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 uh, Coach Bay is the Sam Allardyce and then you put him at Myung Tong and then Myung Tong becomes a relegation contender I'm like I wonder why exactly where yeah. exactly where they want to be of yeah course. Like, he's like I want to I want to survive I want to make my teams fight relegation so first I'll put my team in the relegation zone I have to put them there first and then oh wait I got sacked that's so you gotta start down there first <laughs> yeah so will Kansipanbury translate their sort of survival tactics into success tactics i mean i think it depends a lot on their defend defenders being on good form so yeah, yeah yeah i mean hey it's it's been great talking to you man i hope that we can do more of this maybe next week or some yeah. other time you're free there's a lot of storylines we can yeah. definitely touch on uh just a little bit on uh the coronavirus how are you dealing with it in uh in the uk i <laughs> not very well <laughs> i am panicking i've bought like a bunch of masks. Okay. Uh, like a bunch. Uh, they've so they've all run out of um of uh, like sanitizing wipes and stuff like that. They've all run out of this kind of shit. Oh, that's unfortunate. It's not very. It's it's very tough because the virus spreads more in cold weather. Oh, that's. So we've already reached. Yeah, that's a thing. Like Thailand had like has like fifty cases, right? Yeah, it's it's slowing and down in Thailand. I think it's slowing down. It's 50 cases with a very high recovery rate. Yeah. And I think that, that the, with the weather now in April, that the Thai League should consider... Of course, health comes first, but they, they should consider, like, look, we've got it under control, but we can start the games again. Yeah, like, but, like, a month ago, right? Like, over 50 cases, you're like, okay, 50 cases is awful. In, in the last week, from England has gone from 50 cases to 300 That's cases. Crazy. In a week. There are now 300 cases. And, like, I am, I am like, partly in self-isolation. Like, I just work from home. I've, I go to two places, like, the gym and the grocery store, and I just stay home, and, like, I, I just self-isolate. Is and school canceled for you? I'm to go outside. Is hmm? school canceled? Oh, my uni's on strike. Oh. Um, we, yeah. I didn't know about that. There's a big, like, university college union, so, uh, like, like, all the public universities in England, like, the professors are on strike. 
over pension pay. So I'm just like stuck at oh, home. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of the time. And I just like... So we had a coronavirus case in our university, like one student. Oh, no, that's I'm like, good. I have to go tomorrow. I am terrified. Uh, I, I just don't... I just go around with like the masks and everything. Mm. And yeah, and the problem is like the, the National Health Service in the UK actually... Before the virus, it was already struggling. Now it's really struggling to keep up. So I'm just terrified of getting sick. You know, I'm just terrified. Yeah, I mean, in, in, <laughs> in the U.S., there's been cases almost in every state now. So it's it's coming to... I think there's one in Indiana already. And yeah, my school is pretty much freaking out after spring break. So in, in America, we have a, a spring break, which is middle of March to like the end of March, where it's a, a week off for students. Usually people go... Like last year, I went partying in uh, in cancun in mexico but this year gotta cancel all the plans probably stay put somewhere near yeah and yeah we all the yeah. fun has just been eradicated from uh, the, the u.s over the problem with america the problem with being in america is that donald trump will say coronavirus is a host made by china <laughs> and then he's not gonna do anything about it so yeah that's the problem yeah, that's, so it's, i don't envy that situation yeah um yeah, yeah great talk dude uh we'll uh we'll end the podcast there thank you so much for tuning in to the Talao podcast. We'll probably have Jian on again sometime soon before the Thai League kicks off on April 17th. Anyhow, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. See you next time.